This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. Myers drives one out towards deep left center field. Back goes Heinemann at the wall. It's gone. Another grand slam for the Padres. The shot out to deep left field. It is high, deep in. It is a grand slam. Towards the corner, it's back, it's gone! Welcome to Slam Diego! What is up, Slam Diego? It's finally time to get those brooms out because we got the three-game sweep on the Cincinnati Reds. A little bit of drama infested into that one. And at the end, we're taking advantage of at home. The Padres looking real clean. Real good, despite no Tatis, the offense is starting to get better. Of course, the pitching is carrying us like nothing has ever before. And damn, it's just, it's good to see this team kind of gelling at the right time. And at least the guys who are hot, like Machado and Hosmer and etc. are staying hot too in critical kind of situations. So, game one on the mound versus the Reds in a three-game set. It was Nick Lodolo, the rookie, versus Shaw Manaya, who has been very impressive, to say the least, ever since putting on the brown and gold. Shaw Manaya looks really good this year, but, you know, I called this. I said it on the last podcast because this is the Padres' way. A couple of other you said it on Twitter. You guys are great because we all, great minds think alike, right? Tommy Pham was going to go off in this series. He did. He came in batting like 038. He comes in, homers, one nothing, top of the first, and he did much more of that as the series went. So Tommy Pham really feeling good, of course, against the Padres. What a little bit of a uh, kind of drama-filled action in Game 2 involved with Luke Voigt and the catcher Stevenson. So it was interesting, but Tommy Pham starts things off with a bang. Too bad he couldn't do that for us, and all he did was ground it to double plays, but, you know, go figure. Um, so that was not a great start right there. However, Manny Machado, after an Austin Nola single, just absolutely torches this ball. I mean, Machado's been on another planet, and yeah, that's what he does best, man. He's hitting for power, getting ribbies in, runs, hits, stealing bases. That's what Manny does. And takes advantage of it right away in the bottom of the first off. Nick Lodolo has Song Kim. Had a nice little bit of a single. That brought in Profar. Luke Voigt on a sack fly. Didn't hurt the average even though he's already hurt the average plenty of times. Made it 4-1 to one and a Padres win. Machado easily the MVP of this game. 3-4 for four, Manny. Hitting some shots. Two ribbies. Two runs. OPS in the upper 900s. That average is up there. He just looks so good at the plate. Because we knew early on, pitchers were starting to throw him outside stuff. Not really going attacking the strike zone. Manny had some ugly swings, but that's going to happen. He walked. Stole base here and there. But now with pitchers attacking in the strike zone, Machado's taking full advantage of that. Which is very nice to see. His swing is so pure. His defense, of course, too. Phenomenal. I don't know how he only has two glove awards. Uh, it's insane. But this Padres team, Machado basically does it all. He gets the light started 
at the end of the tunnel. Shawmania, six innings pitch, six hits, one earned run, two walks, and six strikeouts. So Shawmania does give up a lot of hits. That's what he's going to do. He's more of a contact hitter. You know, ground ball, fly out kind of pitcher. And with this, he still looks so good. And I do have confidence in Shawmania despite giving up hits here and there, which six really isn't bad at all. You only give up one run. That means nothing. Shawmania used that sinker a lot, 43 times. That change up 24 times, so he was really separating the two pretty well. And the curveball as well for a 78 pitch count the last 11 times. So Shawnee Boy, we know how quick he can get into his delivery yet again. Pitching like he has a wedding to attend to right after the game or something. It's amazing. Uh, so Shawmania looked really good. Also, the rookie, Steven Wilson. Has himself a really good fastball and an even more devastating slider, in my opinion. Really has been impressive this season to start off. I think hitters are just getting fooled. Maybe he could be the closer. Maybe, of course, Lamette. You got Taylor Rogers. I'm saying if Rogers couldn't go because he already pitched the day before. That's the thing about this bullpen. I think it's better than people think. So, yet again, despite losing Pagan in a trade... Paddock obviously was not going to be a bullpen piece for us and stuff like that. Losing Austin and Adams so far for a couple weeks, it's going to be fine. I mean, this team has so many rotation arms. When Paddock, I'm sorry, wow, we don't want that. When Blake Snell and Clevy come back, you put Nick Martinez in the bullpen, that's going to be real, real clean right there, and that's going to be big time. So I got to give him a lot of credit. Pierce Johnson looks pretty solid too. The only bad outing Pierce Johnson has had was versus the Braves where he got lit up a little bit in that 5-2 loss. And I'm going to say this right now. Besides that, you Darvish getting lit up like a Christmas tree against the Giants and Robert Suarez versus the D-backs in Game 1 of the 2022 season. The Padres pitching, except for those three things which are going to happen has been absolutely out of this world phenomenal. And, you know, I got to say, you can't have enough pitching. It's 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 really good, especially with these injuries. Nick Martinez was a clutch one then, I guess. Bullpen-wise, you can really go a lot of ways. And it's, it's something that you got to ask for. Who knows what this team's going to do with the trade deadline, too, later on. They're going to have to upgrade the outfield, probably, yes, but... Do they add more arms? Why not? Why not? If Clevy or something can't stay healthy, I'm gonna, I hate to say he had a good rehab, but I'm not going to be confident enough that Clevenger comes back and performs at his best and at his finest all the time. He's going to be on a pitch limit. I, I just see the Padres definitely going after someone. And there's no shame in that. Mackenzie Gore has looked fantastic. He did not look bad either in Game 1, which we'll break that down later, where he pitched in Game 3 of the series. But Manaya doing his best. Really good last-minute acquisition yet again from Preller. Hopefully this one works out. Gets to really push us through with that trade. It moved on from Paddock, which was the best thing that could have happened. Rodgers closed it out. 5-for-5 five five and save opportunities with San Diego. Looks really good. That's a true closer right there. But like I said, you can't go wrong with multiple options. Machado answered in both Game 1 and Game 2. Literally. I mean, it, it, literally, it's actually kind of scary. It's like the same exact spot, 
Almost the same result and everything. Nola singled yet again. And Tommy Pham homered as well to start things off. Off Joel Musgrove this time about. Uh, an absolute no-doubter too. I mean, into the second deck, right? And then Machado off San Martin. Does the same thing off a Nola single. 2-1 to one Padres right after a Pham answer. He probably felt so good after that and everything and then nothing. Hosmer singled, brought in a run on a really nice A-B. And... Yeah, Hosmer's been looking good. Haas has been looking actually fantastic, in my opinion. Uh, as I take a moment to try and actually see his splits between lefties, righties, and everything like that, it's surprising. I mean, Hosmer's earned his spot in that five or six spot in the rotation. We got to see. Hosmer in breaking balls. He's had nine ABs. He's got seven hits off breaking balls at a 778 average. That's interesting. Despite being early, that's great uh, into the season. Fastballs, he's hitting at 333. I mean, Hosmer's just hitting doubles. No homers yet, but man, he is just raking it. He's going through it all. And I have to say, man, like, Hosmer's not that bad, I'm telling you. Versus lefties, a batting 500 because he finally understands what lefties are going to do. They're going to either throw to him low and away. He goes with the pitch, whether it's off speed or fastball, low and in. He'll go and pull it just over the shift, up and in. He gets a little ground ball. If he goes up the middle for a base hit, he gets that. Versus righties, he's batting a 345. And I'll take any of that any day from Hosmer. He's performing, and I got to say, it's just good to see from him and he's also made some terrific plays at first base the Padres so far still which it's going to happen but let's enjoy it no errors so far this many games into the season 13-14 in so it was a problem last year with Jace Tingler but now it's been great Will Myers was probably about two feet away from a home run but he was just shy of it and he doubled which was fine he needed that hit he needed that hit. So Myers extended that lead. And I got to say, man, the Padres offense has looked cleaner and cleaner as it went. Because I'm tired of those two-run performances. One-run games. One-run, two-to-one wins. Look, it's a, a win's a win, yes. But the offense has to get clicking a little bit. Really provide a cushion because the pitching is carried even with... 6-1 to one wins and stuff like that. It still has to hold together. So, why not the offense? Why can't that click together? Jose Azucar got himself a nice ribby. Ribby double that brought in Will Myers. 5-1 to one at the time. And Eric Hosmer on a ground out. Padres win game 2, 6-2. Joe Musgrove, man, dissecting his pitches like he always does in such a great matter. The slider was thrown 39% of the time at 37 amount total. The four seam in there, 15% of the time. The cutter, curve, 14 and 12% respectively. The sinker and change up too. 10 times for the sinker, 9 times for the change up. And ha uh, I almost called it Hosmer. Hosmer maybe can go on the mound and win a little Cy Young award like Will Myers did. Am I right? Anyway, Joe Musgrove's spin rate increased drastically, which is interesting. I thought I just saw this and I was like, huh. So for his slider, his spin rate went up 37 points. He's got himself an average of 26.97. 
In this game, it was 27-34. The four-seam fastball spin rate, plus 75. The cutter, plus 89. The sinker, plus 86. So there was a lot of changes in there that really made his pitches move. And I could tell, too. So it was really good. Robert Suarez came into this game as well. He has actually looked much better. He's finally stepped into it and realized, hey, I just got to show my stuff. Don't try too hard. And Suarez has been nice. He's got that four seam that throws gas. A little bit of that change up action too. And the Padres just took advantage of game two. So not much there. It was a really quick series actually too. But before we get into game three, that little Voigt collision. Very interesting stuff. I don't know why he was sent home. Gotta be honest. Luke Voigt's a big tank. In fact, I'm gonna look up right now to be exact. Luke Voigt, height and weight as we talk about this. Runs home, tries to get a run. 6'3", 225 pounds. Goes home. The cutoff man throws home. Luke Voigt goes right into Tyler Stevenson. It was an ugly throw. Not too ugly where it gets away. But it was an ugly throw to where Stevenson had to shift his body back to the right in order to get to the plate. But it's the runners got the right away. The catcher, I get it, he was a little bit out, but he should have just stuck his glove there or at least done something to where he can shift his body real quickly and prevent anything like his arm coming in with a six foot three, 225 tank and potentially breaking that arm because that would have been bad. But Voigt comes in, hands basically go on his helmet, kind of hits the ground, and he's out. It's, it's pretty clear as day. So then the controversy is, okay... Was that intentional and stuff like that? Was it a dirty play? Went all over Twitter, all over social media. Tommy Pham decided to take a little bit of initiative in that. The former Padre, he was not pleased about that at all. In which Tommy Pham, he would never defend our players if it ever mattered. So he can screw off. I don't think it was a dirty play, man. Like we're all saying, this guy's a big dude. He can't just like, it's like football when it's the whole entire quarterback rule, sacking the quarterback too late. Next thing you know, roughing the passer. It's like, what do you want them to do? These athletes are coming in so fast, so quick, at cutting speeds and everything. Even if it's a big boy like Voigt, who isn't the most ripped guy on the planet. They come in, what are they going to do? Suddenly stop? Oops, sorry, hang on. He Look, it was a bad throw. Stevens had had to shift his body back to where it was originally should have been. And it was just bad. Everyone's probably questioning what Voigt's hands... But I think he was literally just trying to get to the plate. I, I really, truly think that. So I'm not a fan of this at all. So the Cincinnati Reds and their Twitter is just a joke. Uh, Tommy Pham's a joke too. Tommy Pham's a joke. Listen, dude, I mean, telling, oh, I know a guy that can go take on Luke Voigt. Like, stop. Have fun winning 55 games with the Reds. Just stop. They didn't do anything with the Padres. Give me a break. So... It, it, it's amazing. I mean, Tommy Pham's all kind of trouble. I never, And I'm glad I never defended him during his day with the Padres, honestly. I never... He was one guy where, with his swing, I just said, I, I don't feel like he's going to turn it around. I didn't have the confidence. So I always give, whether it's a free agent or a trade, I always give them one year, a one-year cushion. They play one year in with a new team. Let's see how they do. Don't judge them yet. And then the next year... You start 
you start looking in. That's what I did with Machado. That's what I did with Bryce Harper on the Phillies. That's what you got to do, I feel like. A new team, a new atmosphere, it's tough. Even during the trade deadline, give them the rest of that year or whenever they're traded to just figure things out. And then analyze and really critique it. But in this case, I just, I don't see it. I never saw it with Tommy Pham, so... Hey, wishing the best of luck with the Reds. Of course, he tortures us, but all three resulted in losses, so it didn't go his way whatsoever. The Reds are 2-11 and now. Pretty just remarkable right there. And the Padres sweep the Reds, but what better way to have it than in Game 3 versus Cincy going with Mackenzie Gore on the mound, man. This guy's got some good stuff. I said it on the last podcast. If you haven't listened, please do, even though it's a past series. I'd really appreciate it. Of course, subscribe, listen to the podcast anywhere on any platform. Follow my Twitter at Grand Padres. You'll see everything there if you look at the link tree, including my TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. But what better way to finish off a series than have the rookie come in yet again? So before we get into that, Mackenzie Gore did not do bad against the Braves at all, right? He didn't do bad. He didn't take the loss. He didn't, obviously, he didn't take the win and a loss either. But he threw that fastball 53 of his 73 times. And I was like, listen, the Braves, they got a little bit more scary pieces offensively. I get that. But he had to show off some of that curveball. He's got that really good slider. Decent changeup. I feel like that can really uh, actually become his fourth pitch rather than just the three-pitch pitcher. And I said, why not throw the breaking ball pitches, especially to a Reds team that just isn't doing well? Joey Votto has struggled with Big time against sliders and off-speed pitches this season. The Reds have struggled as a team to just hit. Flat-out hit. So Mackenzie Gore comes into this game, gets his first Major League win. Big congratulations right there. Gore threw 88 pitches, and he threw 57 fastballs. The slider was 14 times, the curveball was 12, and the changeup was 5. That's what I actually like to see. I'm really glad that Gore figured it out in this game. And he was great, too, in Game 1. Don't get me wrong, he's a rookie. But, I mean, this guy had four hits in five innings, no runs, two walks, seven strikeouts, man. Seven strikeouts. He's good, he's crafty. He's got good stuff. I gotta say, he's got that deception where he hides it behind his head and then just whips it right out. His slider, when it's pretty tight, it's got some good movement. Looks like a fastball out of the hand. Really nasty, especially out of a lefty. So Gore was just fantastic. Got himself out of a couple jams. Steven Wilson looked really good too, yet again. Pierce Johnson, Luis Garcia was a good pickup in my opinion as well. And we saw Lamette closing in a shutout. So that was cool. No Taylor Rogers needed in this kind of game. Really good win. 6 nothing. They beat up Vladimir Gutierrez pretty good. But, how do they get those runs, let's say? First, before I get to there, because this happened before the runs started, Profar with a 7-2 assist that threw out Joey Votto at home plate. Green light for some reason with Joey Votto going home. I mean, the outfielders were a little deep, but Profar had a really good jump on it. Gets, a, gets that ball. Throws it home. Alfaro with the easy tag. Really was a nice play. What better way than to do that 
literally the bottom of the fourth after the top of the fourth. Profar's fourth home run of the year. Hit a nice shot, a two-run dinger, bringing in Machado as well. And that started the spark for San Diego. Trent Grisham, who desperately needs some hits, got a nice double and brought in Jorge Alfaro as well, making it 3-0 at the time. Hassan Kim hit his first home run of the year in the bottom of the seventh. A nice shot to center, 4-0 off Buck Farmer. And then Jorge Alfaro not hurting the average, makes it 5-zip. C.J. Abrams with a hustling double. Almost slid, basically slid off the bag, but this time was safe. Um, really showing off that speed and that athleticism. Brings in Jerickson Profar. Padres, real clean, real good stuff. And they're showing the versatility. I like the young guys a lot. I mean, Azakar has been pretty good, I think, ball based on balls. It's good swings. When he gets on base, he's trying to steal. C.J. Abrams too, man. Give this kid time. Give the other kid Azucar time. I like the pieces that they bring to this Padres team. It's good for now too. It's good. I'm impressed. Profar's been great. Easily the MVP in this game. The Padres held the Cincinnati Reds to just three runs. I don't care how bad a team is. It's still a major league team. In 27 innings, despite Tommy Pham basically going off in which Pham was credited for two of those runs with solo shots. Go figure. But that's going to get the job done. That really is going to get the job done. So far, Captain Machado put the C on his chest. Has been fantastic. What else is new? Machado, dinger after dinger. Now, we're going to be playing against LA, our favorites. We know how this was last year. It was a lot of fun and everything, but at the same time, was stressful. They're going to start playing this Friday. Changes in the rotation might occur, so don't confirm right now on this. So keep your eyes on it. But it will be Julio Urias, who honestly gets hit this year, which I hope we can hit him pretty hard. Uh, that was also a joke if you understand that one. Versus Nick Martinez, who got a little... He also got hit, but I think he's got good stuff. I think he could really put the Dodgers to a challenge. Game 2. Will be to be determined right now for LA versus Hugh Darvish, who's been excellent against the Dodgers. And then Kershaw versus Manaya in game three. And then the Padres will be in Cincinnati. So how convenient is that? So just a three-game set in San Diego against LA. It's gonna be a lot of fun, but obviously it's gonna to be tough. They got Freddie Freeman now. Trey Turner has been a Padre killer, the former Padre. Freddie Freeman, he's done well against San Diego too. He's always got a good hot bat. Who knows if Mookie Betts starts going off despite being cold now. Knowing us, he will. So it ain't going to be any kind of easy outs at all in that series. We just got to stay focused. It's not a World Series. It's not. We just got to play it like it's a regular season game. And that's how we do. That's how we're going to win. And with these kind of guys, who knows if Clevy or Snell come back in time. I know Clevenger had himself a great... El Paso outing and everything like that. So, you just got to give it time. That's all I really have. The, the podcast went a little longer than I expected, which was great. I really don't care as long as I give you guys the provided information. So, with that being said, this will wrap things up for this episode. Please, follow the podcast and everything. Show your support. We really appreciate it. This will be posted where you can listen to on Spotify, Anchor, and more, of course. 
And with that, I'll see you guys after the Dodgers series. Peace.